0: What we're all confused about is the lack of uh, applicable P1 genetics that can diversify the market, and so we're all, we all just think that you know that this is it. And it's like no, no. We're we're working with a sub I, I'm a subspecies, a subset of a subspecies. It's just a small fraction of the genetic uh, possibilities out there that's uh, evolved around high concentration of terpenes. Uh, cannabinoid, basically what we, what I refer
1: to as the drug cultivar. Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to the Dirt Show, where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. ever fear creating a hype strain
0: (laughs) Fear creating a hype strain
1: yeah what happens if you create a strain that blows up and all of a sudden you became a burner
0: no i mean i don't know how to
1: i mean is that something that like some people like i don't know if if say if i was a breeder i'm not sure i would be prepared to have that happen to me uh
0: no I i think that um I don't know how to answer that question. I guess that I just should just be honest and say, well, that's the goal. I should, with, I, again, you asked you know, another great fucking question. <laughs> you know, and time was great too. Um, but I, you know, I think that a, that that's the goal and B that, um, we're, we're missing the forest through the trees or is it the trees through the forest? I always get that one confused. I don't, I don't think it matters. Um, <laughs> Because the, the answer is, you know, there's clarity in there somewhere in, that, in, the, in the answers that I just gave, which is that, a, you know, I think that has been the goal. And B, I think that that is a really uh, misplaced goal. And uh, uh, talking about restructuring the market and stuff, I, I think that that is what is is really what is happening right now, and why the market collapsed? Is because the goal has been to produce this hype strain that makes you the next burner and gets you the mansion in Hollywood. Right. But play the fuck out, and everybody's bought the same seed packs over and over and over and over again, and they're fucking sick of it. <laughs> so, if you're gonna play that game, which I'm like, I'm still in that arena, um, you better be bringing something different to the you know some something. You know, there, there, better be some passion in your work, um, and and I think that's what's that's the restructuring that's happening right now. I think that you know, it's a really small handful of fortunate breeders who are, who are in a situation who are able to figure it out are are applying their, their efforts to that right now. Um, so you don't know, be bigger online. Don't stop. Go get your ass in the closet and your fingers in the dirt. Find the plant. You know, promote it. and and make sure that it's the plant that people want and that you want to promote.
1: And, and I mean, I, I look at you and I consider your strains to be a more of a craft cannabis, if you will. Um, not commercial, of course. And you've already said that and you know, not agricultural style where you're planting 17 fields or whatever. But, um, but I, I look at your strains as indoor, outdoor, uh, you know, um, more of a, a higher end uh, style genetic, and um, a lot of people think that if you go hype like that, even if it's by accident or even with intent, uh, that you might it might fall out on the back end, right? Does that make sense? Where you, get you, that mean, more- you might end up
0: doing collaborations with people that you don't want to do collaborations <laughs> with. Or oh, well, that or too. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't necessarily align with your original branding at the beginning. Exactly.
1: There you go. <laughs> and then
0: you're and then you're at risk for you know running aground or sinking your ship or you know yeah. breaching your hull. You, you know you gotta be real careful. It's but I think again I think that the goal for a, a lot of people it has not, hasn't necessarily been to hit that high strain, but to just find this security in this industry and this market that that there's none. There's none.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's a tough field to. I don't know how I don't know how it's survivable. I mean, it does. It seems like it's a.
0: I it, start from where you are.
1: You know, that's
0: how it's survivable. Like if there's a demand, and I, I, the example that pops off off the top of my head was one that I brought up several years ago about clones and clone only Like uh, mm-hmm. if you're if you live in an area. You know that has difficulty getting access to these clone only Buy some seeds, pick some. You know, you're gonna have to fly by under the radar and, and create your own market and risk some stuff. But that's how innovation and markets are born, and that's where we're all at. Um, but you, I think that, I think that's how you start from where at. I think a lot of people did this thing where they invested too much and they wanted the license and all these things that like. Uh, it's, a, it's a point that came up on a thread the other day where now these people are in this jeopardized market that looks like it's not going to take off and they can't transition back into the black market because they have all these contracts and debts with banks that won't allow them to do so. So it's yeah. like, don't overshoot yourself, start from where you are. And like, And yeah. if there's no demand for, for what it is, you're, where you're at or what, then you got to go do something else. It's like this. Like, I think part of the thing that kept me going over the last year and kept me from going online and just fucking cutthroat arguing <laughs> with other people is realizing it's like, you know, I, I can go get a job. I don't want to, but I'll go get a job. Like, you right. get a job doing something. Like, I, you know, it's like, it, it's most likely going to come to that eventually. <laughs> so, yeah. just, just accept where you are <laughs> and who you are. I don't know.
1: You say clone only. What's your feeling of this? I was scrolling through today my IG and I found a clone only for one point five k. What's your feeling on that? What's the clone? Oh God! It was a headband strain. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that's my feeling on it. Is you know, what's the clone? You know it.
1: Right, but I mean, th- this is to the public. So the public, it's it's a one point five k clone only to the public. It's a I want to say Daywalker headband, I think it was.
0: Well, I'm not buying it unless I see pictures, <laughs> or unless I see you know and feel the flowers in my hand and smell it. I would like to see some test results. It better be clean and all this other shit. Right, right. But- so
1: okay, so getting so getting to the, the deal of it is you believe that given the right circumstance and the right conditions that 1.5 1.5 is nothing. That's nothing? Nothing. Really? <laughs> that's nothing. Okay. okay. These, these plants
0: are rare, man. Some of these you plants can, are beyond rare. I mean, like so, the so, lamb sour diesel plant that I have over the east coast Sour diesel plant that they're working with on the east coast that is a, the once in a lifetime, I won't even put a number on that. it's wow. a once in a lifetime plant. So it, there are it, unicorns
1: I, still. There are
0: unicorns oh, yeah. still. Yeah, there's unicorns in the F five blueberry. Okay. Unicorns in the farmer's fire. I, I like I said, that's the search that I'm on now. It's finding that one, that one star that performs consistently every time, no matter what. Right. Um, that's a unicorn. It could be any one of the strains out there on the market, but yeah, we haven't even scratched the the tip of the surface of what um, I, I think. What hat? What's what's what we're all confused about is the lack of uh, applicable P1 genetics that can diversify the market, and so we're, we all just think that you know that this is it. And it's like no, no. We're we're working with a sub, I, I'm a subspecies, a subset of a subspecies. It's just a small fraction of the genetic uh, possibilities out there uh, to revolve around high concentration of terpenes. Uh, cannabinoid, basically what we, what I refer to as the drug cultivar. Um, and it's just a really small, it's not diverse at all. It's a complete redundancy.
1: Have you considered incorporating any kind of tissue culturing into your genetics to get them kind of reset back to original, yeah. um, settings, if you will, uh, yeah. to give you, yeah.
0: I haven't had an opportunity to, uh, to do that yet. Um, I, from my understanding is that, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that you want to do consistently as a form of like IPM or, um, Ah,
1: uh, you know interesting. I, okay. So it's not just a one-time deal. No, I mean, no, it's a one-time thing and it
0: resets it for the next year to 16 months you know, or, or, Gotcha. But you're but you're are you're, you're, you're at risk every single day for the plant being exposed to the thing. And my thing is that I can't find anybody close enough to me who I can under, I understand. I don't understand the process enough to to oversee somebody else's process to say that okay, I trust that you did it right. Nice. You know, you're giving me back the the same dirty fucking thing. And I just paid you 600 bucks, you know? Right. right. Well, I'm not going to do that once a year. Yeah. With 18 fucking plans.
1: Oh, I get it. I get it. I, (laughs) I've been doing some research. I might start tackling it because I've already had to set up a full, I guess what I'll call it, pseudo lab, you know, uh, for essentially sterile work. And so, uh, because you already need
0: for the serum. Right.
1: Right. right. That's the thing is I already have to maintain and run a a pseudo lab. Uh, essentially that's, it is sterile. It has to be, or it doesn't you get contamination. Right. So, I mean, I do run a sterile area. And so I thought about trying it out and, and getting involved because, uh, I've got the equipment and the supplies and the materials and even the, the sterile lab areas. So really it's just Maybe getting the process down. So I've I thought about trying that out. <laughs> but I mean, like
0: I watched your process with your mushrooms, and like, like I need to to know the person and the process and trust that I'm what I'm paying for is being. Yeah, you and know, I like and I, that. No, I watch. Like I it would need to be somebody like you because I've seen your level of uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Cult- uh, Cultivation. Uh, I don't know. No, your it's level of attention to detail, um, the shrooms you're making look fucking dank, dude know some so many varieties like how many varieties you working
1: with now uh right now I'm somewhere around 28 28 varieties of mushrooms well that's ju- all in- that's just uh, the um Cubancy I'm I've got somewhere around 25 or 26 functional slash medicinal or functional slash gourmet too
0: do you do you um did you have to make all those yourself or?
1: Well, so initially I started from spore on all of the psychedelic. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I, I for the most, well, for half, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say here. For half of my library, I started from spore. Um, I, I don't recommend that for beginners. Um, the other half I started from what they call uh, either liquid culture or from auger plates. Uh, which is just gotcha. spawn, either one is spawn, so spawn in a liquid or spawn on a plate. Um, and then as far as the gourmets and functional, I started from again, spawn or mycelium from that as I well. But well, I guess, I guess my question would have been then, uh, so you have what you say 26 in your library or whatever, yeah.
0: Well, um, have you and have you flowered all of those?
1: I am just now getting to the end of the twenty or close to thirty now. I'm getting to the end, but see, I also keep adding too. So I've got like four or five in the mail right now. So, so you,
0: so what I've been doing with my little cannabis seeds last year, you've been doing with your mushrooms. I've been
1: watching you, man. It's cool. <laughs> Good. Yeah, cool. yeah. I uh, I do well. It's it's a full circle, right? So it's no, it's zero. It's, it's besides the steps that you take, it's really no different than cannabis. I mean, you still take, no, you still start, shit. yeah, you still, the sterile part is the hard part, but you still start from a seed, which is a spore. You still have to germinate it. You still have to grow that out Is instead of a seedling, you're talking about just the mycelium. Once it becomes, you know, totally spawned out, then you fruit it just like you would not just like, but you know, you'd fruit it like a cannabis plant where you put into fruiting conditions and, or flowering conditions for cannabis. And then you flower it out and then you harvest and then you can collect, instead of collecting seeds, you're then recollecting the spores and continuing on. Now you don't have to use spores. You can take pieces of mycelium. And the nice thing about mushrooms is that once you have the genetic, as long as you're responsible with the genetic, you can keep it in your library forever ever and never have to repurchase it again and you can grow endless amounts right and uh can you store it at room temperature no shit. you know so you to, to be able to store long term you have to end up what they call is going into uh auger slants and then once you're in a slant which is a, just a slant container then you can put that in the fridge and that'll last up upwards of you know one to three years and then after one to three years, you can take a little piece of that mycelium, put it in a new slant with new auger, and it'll just grow out for another two three years. And then you you just keep doing that.
0: Is it the auger that expires?
1: Well, what happens is the auger is just the gel base, but it's a vegan base, right? It's, it comes from uh, instead of using like a like a like a Jello, you want to use like a real good high quality the thing with mushrooms is that they absorb everything that they've ever been in so they're a bioremediator so you don't so talk you about colonize,
0: you're, you're 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 competing with the colonization in there for the spores that you're trying to maintain and whatever else it carries with it
1: well that but it's uh it's just you um well i kind of got off track on that so uh, sorry no that's okay sorry. um essentially once even spores will last indefinitely you can take some spores on a on a swab or like a piece of paper stick that in a ziploc baggie and throw those spores in a fridge and those spores will last longer than your lifetime those spores will last longer than you know a nuclear war spores are like cockroaches they they just they have this innate structure about them that's highly it's really hard to damage unless it's real high heat or really destructive forces so um, spores will last forever the mycelium as long as you keep putting it into new nutrition so the auger itself is just the base the the jello base but it's a vegan base and then the nutrition in there is malt extract usually Um, you can use other things uh, but malt extract is a real easy one to use and it's it's a complete nutrition for mushrooms So usually a malt extract with auger. And then, yeah, that's the nutritional base. And so when you put that in the slant, that slant has so much auger in there with nutrition. And once that mycelium eats through all that, then, yes, you have to make that transfer into more nutrition so it'll still grow. If it runs out of nutrition, it'll stall and at some point die. So does that all make sense? All
0: right.
1: Um, but just like growing cannabis, you, you you grow out auger plates and on those plates you can see the phenos and you can isolate those phenos and grow those out for different characteristics. And then once they grow out, you can clone those. And when you clone them, you're taking those characteristics. It's just like cannabis, really. It's just you're applying hmm. sterile conditions into a mycelium versus a seed in a plant. So,
0: So how do you know you're not creating a deadly
1: mushroom uh well i mean so, okay so let me tell you this so as far as the mushroom world really, when people say mushrooms are poisonous like in the wild like don't eat any mushrooms in the wild well that's it's kind of a misconception like there's very very few deadly mushrooms it's, right? like, madness. it's like, it Reefer like madness. It is it really is it so much so it really really is it's it, so much so that like really there's there's only just very like you can count on maybe one hand deadly mushrooms in the whole world. I mean there's
0: you're at more you're at more risk for picking up random
1: bugs.'re you're, you're, you're at more risk for so many other things. Now now what can happen is that they when they say they're poisonous, they may be poisonous, they're not gonna kill you. they're just gonna make you sick. okay so you might run into mushroom, you eat it, you puke it up. You're done, okay? But to die and liver failure and all that other bullshit is just way out of control. Um, now they even say like these, you know, the uh, Amanita muscaria, the the fly agaric, the red fairy mushroom that you find in the in the woods, and everybody says, "Oh, those are deadly poisonous. Don't eat them." Those are not deadly poisonous. <laughs> um, I grow those, and you can microdose those, and they're a great uh, deliriant, more like alcohol than mushrooms. And, uh, but, but, but very enjoyable. And so there are lookalikes, I wouldn't call them lookalikes, but there are some that are similar that are poisonous, but again, they don't necessarily kill you. They may just make you sick. So now to grow sure. genetics are specific. So it, it goes back to, again, there's this, is it a strain Um, is it a cultivar, a cultigen sometimes is used. The bottom line is that all these strains that I'm growing are all Cubensy, but they're all what you'd call like, you know how, like, uh, uh, all, you know, like it'd be like saying, um, well, that's a sativa. Look how many different versions sure, of the sativa yeah. there are. You know what I mean? Or like the cannabis plant. Well, it's cannabis sativa, but look how many versions there are of cannabis sativa. All yeah. the all the different, you know, matings of them and then all their expressions and then how they all treat you different. So it's no different than mushrooms. The 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 variety that I have all go back to wild parental Strains that you would find in the wild, right? So, wild Cambodians, wild Amazonians, wild um, Thais, wild land race, yeah, land race mushrooms. There's a lot in Florida, a lot in Georgia. The hillbillies, the treasure coasts, the stargazers from Inca. The so where
0: do these golden teachers
1: come from? Well, again, where does OG Kush come from? <laughs> ah. <laughs> So, Golden Teacher is most likely a wild, and there's some speculation of where it
0: So, uh, touching back on the don't eat wild mushrooms and the reefer mm-hmm. madness, like, it's interesting. Like, uh, you know, it, it, it just had, you know, kind of a little bit of an uh, epiphany with that. You're more. Uh, and, you know, Go ahead. I, I, I'll be honest, when I said that, um, it's not what I meant. Um, uh, you know, I, I implied it in this way as like, oh, these people, these mushrooms. I don't remember what I said that it might kill you, but I did. I, I I I applied it in the exact way that it was taught to me, which was this Reefer Madness sort of way. Because my concern wasn't that I know there's very few people that are dying from you know they know how to eat them you know and not, but my concern is just having a bad trip. Like and and um and I just didn't want to say that, and instead I attacked oh, in the Reefer I, part, the, part, the sure. Madness <laughs> part to. Bring more accessible.
1: Um, well, yeah, bad, bad trips are a personal thing, you know, uh, if, and I and, and, and take that back it's not a bad
0: trip for me, a uh, bad trip is, uh, well, I, I've never really had a bad trip on mushrooms, but I've had a lot of trips where like my stomach hurt or I just get oh. there really like heavy body, like be kind of like, yeah. nauseous, you know, horrible feelings. And I'm sure that people that test these mushrooms out, they gotta be like, oh my gonna shit myself. Well, know? yeah. So,
1: well, okay. So I can answer that. So there's many, there's a couple factors that are involved there. So one is that mushrooms, especially cubensis, Okay. So psychedelic mushrooms, they, are, they're very fibrous. Um, all mushrooms have a ton of fiber in them and which I don't understand why people have not latched onto gourmet mushrooms as being a very healthy, healthy alternative to meat because you get a, Ton of protein and a ton of fiber with low calories and nothing but good stuff for you. Anyway, right. um but but so they're very fibrous and that fibers is, is called chitin. I think is how it's said, chitin. And chitin is is the same stuff that's in like seashells that makes up seashells. And so it's this right. really hard, dense, calcified type material. And if you don't break that down first, it can cause a lot of stomach discomfort. So that's why, like, for you know, I, I recommend lemon tucking, um, where you just take your mushrooms, you grind them up. Even if you have to put them in like a cannabis grinder, that's fine. Just grind them yeah, up a little bit. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Put that shit in one ounce of lemon juice or lime juice. Make sure it's real, no concentrate. Just go down and get the little squirt bottle of it. Squirt your one ounce down. Soak that for a half hour, and then take it out. Take the material out, and then just drink the juice. And let me tell you, man you're going to get all the benefits much quicker and uh, without all the generally without all the stomach discomfort. Now, the other angle with the stomach discomfort is if you get a grower or cultivator that's growing some shit mushrooms. One of the problems, you know, is that there's two things. Mushrooms are a bioremediator. So if that person has shit in their house, if they've used bug spray, if they've used fucking if they got cannabis plants and they're using some sort of IPM in there, if they, you know, once a month they have, uh, pest prevented people come in their house or they fogged one time or they've cooked bacon in the same house. You know, I mean, anything that's in the air that gets into your lab will get sucked up by those mushrooms. Mm. And so same with contamination. If you get this, you know, guy that's just growing half-assed mushrooms and half his cakes are contaminated, that contamination can, I'm not saying it will, but can get into mushrooms, and that can lead to some issues. Also, the other uh-huh. thing, too, is proper mushrooms aren't cured. They're dried, and the only reason they're dried is for preservation. Well, the thing is, is you, you want to make that process as quick and as purposeful as possible. So what I do is once I, when I'm harvesting, that mushroom goes from, you know, from that cake to the dehydrator and in and going um, immediately. If you don't do those kind of things, then there's potential for mold and breakdown in those mushrooms. And so that can lead to problems too.
0: Okay.
1: So you want to get a good cultivator with good fresh mushrooms and then make sure that you use some sort of like citric acid base to break down that chitin or chitin I should say I'm not sure the way the way it's pronounced but um, I think it's chitin chitin yeah cuz it's got a ton of it in there and and you can see it like I I can show you a fresh mushroom man and it's just it's just full of fiber and mm-hmm. so a lot of that is what gets to your stomach so but I'll tell you what li- these mushrooms these days with the work that people have been putting in over the years they're so freaking potent now I I remember I talked to someone about two years ago about how I used to do five and seven grams. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not no more. <laughs> them days are over because yeah, nice. the stuff's too strong these days. I I took a gram and a half the other day and I really thought that I uh, thought it was going to be a micro dose and it turned out to be a full afternoon of hmm. uh, what kind. Oh, that was my Phobos. Really potent. Never heard of them. Uh yeah, it's it's an all cap like it grows very little stipe, but it's all cap and it's just so full of silicin. It's just so blue. And I had some just a little bit of it, and I was oh just a little micro dose. Yeah, right.
0: Oh. Hmm. It's nice.
1: not it's not necessarily fun when you you're expecting a little bit and you get a lot.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. It's been a while. I, um, somebody sent me a uh, Blue Star, um, sent me, um, not sent me, gave me, um, <laughs> uh, some PE, some penis envy.
1: Yeah. Although,
0: uh, the albino ones.
1: Um, Those tend to be potent. Those tend to be potent. Really potent.
0: Yeah, but, uh, amazing, amazing mushrooms. So nothing like the Golden Teachers. Nothing like I remember from the mushrooms I used to take.
1: Well, and this, see, that's the thing, too, is that they, the potencies went up, the qualities went up, and I'll tell you, like, it's the the trips are each each strain if you will has its own effects um so I've kind of narrowed down ones I like and to be honest I don't like golden teachers they don't treat me well uh I don't they work better for micro dosing like they're great for pain they're great for like you know f- focus at a small scale as far as the like I said the micro dosing but I just don't like macro dosing on them um, what, I, what is it about them well they give me anxiety on the come up and the come down and then i i never feel like i make the full peak i just feel like i'm trying right. and i'm trying and i'm trying and i just it just feels like it's i'm going against the grind with them whereas like with the apes or like you said or um i have a recent one i just did that i i have a wild strain from it's an old uh McKenna strain. It's called Zizaji. And it's, I think they think it's from Amazon, but it's a wild, it's not a, it's not, you know, it hasn't been messed with by man yet. And, uh, man, I, I took three grams of that and I had full and complete ego dissolution. Like (laughs) I, yeah, ego death. I, my reality started cracking and falling apart on me. It was, (laughs) that was only three grams, man. So I don't know gotta be careful but that was a wild too so i don't know but it treated me good again a lot of times some of them like those those golden teachers i feel like i get internal that i have to lay down on a bed and i want to close my eyes and i want to cuddle all up and just go and i know what you're talking about yeah i just want to go you know what, in- I
0: what? What, what, what you made me think about with those golden teachers was that um those, uh, full release trips, you know, they were, they were, they were fewer and far between and they definitely seemed to be like the first trip from the ounce. Did you know, do you ever notice that? What do you mean? Like, uh, you know, like we would get an ounce, you know, and, and you know, it was, it would take us in you know, a couple of weeks to eat it, maybe a month, a couple of different trips. And it was like the first trip or the first trip, trip or two that, you know, where the full release were really good ones. But everyone after that was kind of like chasing that dragon and the, um, The anxiety seemed to be harder to fend off. It was almost kind of like, uh, well, what it's making me think was uh, similar to that endorphin relief that comes from MDMA. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that was what maybe those golden teachers were really tapping into. Whereas, you know, other ones like that, what do you call the penis on the M4? The, oh, a four
1: twelve, A412, that's what the the penis (laughs) Uh, well, so I grow, I have an isolation of the apes. So there's, again, even among the apes, there's different isolations. And so I have the 412s, and the 412s I like, they're like little hand grenades. I'm not sure I'm following the lingo, but uh, uh <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was saying. Well, now. you said um, someone gave you albino penis envies, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I really like those ones.
1: Those are really good. You know? Those are good. Uh, within the albino penis envy little grouping, there's different strains or isolations of those too, as well.
0: Oh, oh, right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, so you the, got like the. the, the albino, albino, what's the what's the what's the reference for the albino penis envy one? What's the notation for that?
1: What do you mean notation?
0: Is there, a, uh, is there a different reference for it for penis and penis envy? Why is the name penis envy? I've never gotten it. I always thought it was an ego thing, but then I'm like, and I took them and I'm like, my ego never got to do that place. I never understood. <laughs> I, I figured like, well, if, I eat, maybe if I eat enough of them, I'll get it. <laughs> so penis, yeah.
1: penis envy is like a golden teacher. Penis envy is like an old school. It's been around, I believe, since the mid or late 70s. It was originally called the Homestead P.E., And um, but the reason it was called that is because the original we'll call it the OG Kush original PE penis envy was a brown capped uh, mushroom that grew that looked just like a really thick, nice looking dick. (laughs) And I mean, it really did. It had a big fat head with nice ridge on it and big old (laughs) thick stipe, you know, and it just looked like a big, fat, white dick. And uh, so they called it Penis Envy, and then you know, of course, <laughs> why
0: why have we not changed the name by now? I don't know why <laughs> that's, I don't. get yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, you know, we we figured this out in the cannabis industry at least five years ago. Happy Pussie was kind of pushing the envelope for sure. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, um, I don't think they kept going that anymore. All the names, like all the other names, are really mystic. Like like for instance, right now I'm growing the Phobos which is a greek god of anxiety and uh it's also one of mars's moons i'm um, growing out the uh Melmax, which are that's the name for uh, uh remember alf that was the uh, Remember alf back in the 80s that was that was the yeah, world he came from was melmac uh, Mel- another, yeah another strain i'm growing is called shakti and shakti is a freaking buddha name for something, so I mean, all the names have kind of started going towards like really mystical slash like you know planetary, universal type names. But but yeah, they've oh. held on to that penis envy, and then the apes, of course, is the albino penis envy. But
0: uh, um, so well where do you get all these A variety <laughs> of my? Where does one look get some of these?
1: Well, so right now you can source spores. Uh, most of them are going to be wild spores that haven't been worked because that's how they get them. They get them from wild source cubancy and then they, they sell them online and you can do searches for those. Those are legal to get any, and you can, for quote unquote research purposes, you can order spores online and just doing a search will get you across a bunch of companies that have them. Sporeworks, PNW spores, they all, they all have them and that's legal to do. Now, um, anything once it contains psilocybin so once you try to fruit the spores then it becomes essentially illegal in most states oregon right now is in a gray area because i've applied for my cultivator's license colorado just approved legality so i believe you can grow there legally now so oregon and california oregon and colorado are a little little different right now um also of course in oregon you can have up to 14 grams uh so so you can possess them right but you can't can't be growing to fruit yeah um i
0: wonder i really wonder uh, i'm really curious what the exact specific regulation and law is to the production of suicide because here's it out here, here here's the feel like uh it's not the substance isn't banned or illegal it's only the production of the substance that has been banned and illegal. For me, that just cries red flag that because there's some pharmaceutical company out there who has some patent that they're working on with the production of that substance.
1: There's a lot of weird shit going on with it. Um, and I have fear for the, the outcomes of it. Um, but again,
0: because because it's like, if we look at it, like from, uh, from the plant angle, it's like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that there are international trees that prevent the banning of seeds, and if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. There's something along those lines where it's like it's in some legal document that we have to abide by as a nation and as states that uh, seeds cannot technically be illegal. It's a, it's a seed, but the products that can be produced from that seed can be deemed illegal. Um, but there needs to be a reason for why those things are deemed illegal, and I think that uh, a, a reefer madness type of a reason, even like with cannabis or mushrooms, is not uh, doesn't hold grounds for a legal reason. That's why I'm curious what the actual legal reason is, and I bet you that if you, we were to dig far enough, what we would find out is uh, similar uh, conspiracy theories to cannabis is that with mushrooms there are these. Uh, controls over the production of it because they understand the value of the substance. It's not, they're not trying to ban it. They're not trying to make it illegal. They just, they don't want the value of the substance released.
1: No. And I don't know, Colorado is in a completely different arena than Oregon right now. Cause in Oregon, um, you know, we're not doing like dispensary style rec sales. We're only doing therapeutic. And so how it's set up now, as I understand it from the process I'm stuck in right now, is that they have a facilitator and a facilitating location. Those are t- two different entities. So you have licensed facilitators, licensed facility, and then licensed cultivator. So there's essentially three licensings there, and it's all through OLCC and OHA. And so o- Oregon Health Authority, yeah, OHA. Um, and so I... <laughs> It's still unclear how it's all gonna work, but facilitators are already graduating and then the facilities are already starting to open. So I, I don't know how they're gonna link up cultivation with facilities and have it, I don't know any of that. And it's it's so hard for me right now because all I'm able to do is pay the freaking thousands of dollars to get the license going and get my information no. in and just hope to hell that something happens. I, I have no idea. Um, I know that cannabis had a big effect on how they're doing the rules, though, because they've limited the amount of licenses you can get. They, they, you know, are limiting, they're, they're capping things even before it gets to started, just because of what happened with cannabis. You know, cannabis came on the scene in Oregon, and all of a sudden, within three years, you've got so many licenses that are people are applying for, they had to cap it, you know? Right. And then it just got over flooded. So, I mean... It's, oh, you can tell it's just, it, it could end up being a nightmare. I don't know. Bottom line is that most of us guys that want to cultivate here are really kind of floating kind of in gray areas right now with our mm-hmm. eyebrows sweating because we're waiting to be legal in terms of being able to cultivate and get this shit going. Um, yeah. I don't know what they expect. What I, what I think is funny is it's, it's no different than cannabis. Like, what do you expect? Once the market opens, you have to have product. Where does that product come from? What well, came from people that grew it? Well, when did they grow it? <laughs> when it right. was illegal? Like, I mean, what? Come on, like, what? You, you're not going to open Mel- the market. You're not going to open the market without products. I mean, you're not going to offer <laughs> a service where they can't offer the product. Came from Melmac. It came from Melmac, man. So, <laughs> to answer your original question, I can't be specific to protect the people, but I get most of my genetics from Colorado because right now most of the really good work, um, as far as being able to openly do it and, and do it professionally comes out of Colorado. Uh, So, um, but most of my strains have already been where, I mean, I've got some legit strains. What people don't realize is just like with cannabis, when you get a mushroom spore, there's, there's probably thousands of phenos in there. Um, Every time. And so, if you really want to work a particular mushroom, you're going to have to spore it out, grow it out, and then start working it where you then start looking for fruits that have the characteristics that you want. And then you clone those forward, spore those out, make the next generation, clone those forward, spore those out. And then, you know, on your plates, when you, when you, spawn these out, you'll see the phenos and you got to isolate those phenos on a plate, isolate them to more plates to where you don't have phenos fighting with each other. Once you have a pheno that has no other phenos around it, so it's isolated, then you grow that out and make sure it's still got the care. You know, it's just like cannabis, man. It's it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of work. And, um, and a lot of it is, is not only isolating the, the pheno that you want, but also um, um, getting those, getting that mycelium to a state that's called rhizomorphic. A lot of mycelium, when you start from spore, grows. There's like several different kinds of mycelium. It'll grow like this puffy cottony mycelium. It'll grow this really flat uh, stroma-type layer mycelium. And so you actually have to work that mycelium through transferring it over time to get that to grow into what's called rhizomorphic or mycelium that almost looks like roots to it and once you get to that stage then you start getting to the level of where i'm finally at in terms of the flushes and stuff and so it takes a lot of work it's it's not, it's
0: yeah it's, and, and it, it sounds like it's a bit more complicated than
1: the only you advantage know, I, over yeah. cannabis is that it takes much, much less energy in terms of light energy, power. And yeah. uh and you can um your your from time of, of spawn to time of, of um harvest is like two and a half months. So a little bit shorter there. I hope I didn't confuse you on all that. <laughs> it's
0: fun good, good
1: info but uh yeah so other than that I'm uh I'm still growing though I got um a 4x4 four four up I'm still working strains but I'm ready to go outside cool I are you are sure gonna do a, a, a plot outdoors this year well I so I, I got sponsored by I, I had been working with um, Atlas Seed for a while and they're a really good company um and I've never given autos a chance, and I, but I've watched them for a long time. And working with the Atlas, I'm gonna dedicate this outdoor season to try to see how a three a three harvest season runs with autos. So I'm gonna do a early season uh, July harvest, and then a mid season September harvest, and then a late season. November harvest and see how that goes. So you're going to see if you can pull off three crops. I'm going to see if I can pull off three crops and then measure the, the numbers. I want to see what kind of volume that produces. I want to see, you know, cause these guys are not geared for the home grow craft cultivator. These guys are geared for commercial large, uh, large farms, you know, acres, um, and then dealing with certain types of weather, you know, like maybe on the East coast where your, your summers aren't very long. So you work with autos on a larger scale to deal with that places that have mold, like Florida, um, you know, special situations or situations where farmers want to try to get in three crops a year without having to do light depths. Does it have its place? I'm sure it does. Um, I don't know what place it has with me, but, um, I want to get some experience under my belt with some auto true autos. And what they've done is they've taken some very base hype strains and then made them autos. So like the GMO, the fat face, you know, uh, cheetah piss, all the hype strains that are out right now. Um, they've collectively worked and turned to autos. Um, and I they know, s- um, a lot of, uh,
0: uh auto flower Trace trace show up in a lot of DJ's gear. Supposedly his first blueberry or I forget I forget what Greenmark told me. Something about his first blueberry cross I don't remember. Something about auto is in his food. But uh fire show up a lot in his work.
1: Does it? Yeah. 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 Again, I've I've never really worked them to really have any skill with them. So I don't I feel like I'm not a complete cultivator until I have at least some knowledge of of, you know, full autos. Um, And from what I can tell from my research, this is probably one of the better. I feel like sometimes I'm gambling with genetics that are autos like I feel like I'm gambling with the breeders. And right. so, and so I, from my research, I, I feel comfortable running with Atlas on this one and, and seeing what plays out. Cool. But yeah, we'll see. Um, they're supposed to be geared for outdoors too. I'm interested in finding genetics that have been purposely developed over yeah. long periods of time just for outdoors. Um, they're auto firing specifically. That's interesting. Yeah. a trippy concept,
0: man. It is. So out, have, out of my pay grade.
1: well it's not something i'd ever do either but i want to see i want to i want to see that if if that i I would hope that the auto can be developed well enough to have its place in the market a legitimate place not a place where it's you know not very heady where it doesn't have a very good high not in a place where it doesn't have very good flavors or very good terpenes i want it to Subtle in a comfy place where if if you're a beginning grower or even an intermediate grower or you have special situations, you can go down and buy real good genetics that will get you through that. So, how about you? What do you? So, on the personal note, have I remember that uh, we had talked, you know, about some uses of psychoactives on our last uh, journey. And I mean, how's your journey with substances? Is it going positive? Yeah, no complaints. Good.
0: I say I was, I was talking a couple of minutes ago. I've really just been uh, dabbling in the mushrooms since we talked last time. And,
1: and yeah, and I know you backed off, probably taking too much LSD anymore <laughs> since, <laughs> since that last. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you
0: know, I think uh, for the next five years or so, <laughs> I think I'm but still. Yeah. You know.
1: And then, how's your battle with like cigarettes and caffeine and shit? I know we talked about that too.
0: I'm still abstaining. I still have quit nicotine. Yeah, you know, it's interesting though. uh, You you asked because the last it was the last week. Not noticing it so much uh, the last couple days, three or four days. But last week, uh, I was having strange cigarette cravings that I hadn't had in a long time. And I I don't know. I couldn't identify. It was pissing me off. Those things come out of nowhere, man. You know, I I get them, but they're can, uh, continuously multiple days in a row. Just I haven't had those in over a year. So that was uh, and uh, caffeine, no, no caffeine. I still uh, I'll I'll have uh, a cup of tea every now and then that gets me going, but uh, I always regret it every time.
1: So you're, pr- um, I mean, you're minus cannabis. I mean, you're you're sober as fuck. You're organ you're uh, sober. That's what you are. You're organ sober.
0: Mm, no, no, we didn't. We didn't discuss gluten and sugar and back uh, oh. on all the things and red meat and um, okay. but it's all in moderation. Okay. I will say that uh, you know, and this is just going to be the course of my life and most people's life for 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 as long as I'm here, uh, as long as I'm not using some other substance like cigarettes as a crutch, uh, is that my diet is just going to fluctuate. In the last couple weeks, and the same sugar is kicking my ass again.
1: <laughs> well, did you say you had, like, when you quit gluten, you said you actually had, like, some significant improvements or something like that? It was either gluten or, or some other yeah. something you quit
0: gluten and sugar, both. Uh, I noticed a significant improvement from, and I still, uh, notice, you know, the negative effects from those. But <laughs> You're like, fuck it, I need it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's a substance, you know, it's a crutch, you know, it's like, um, uh, uh it's interesting now that I'm actually externalizing this. It wasn't until I identified the dehydration with both the uh, uh, sugar uh, compulsion and the nicotine um, cravings I was having last week. Uh, I was just uh, skipping water. I wasn't feeling like drinking water. And then as soon as I acknowledged that, uh, the cigarette cravings kind of seemed to abate a little bit.
1: So it's, it's literally been harder (laughs) to deal with the sugar and the gluten over the nicotine. Like, I know that was hard, but it seems like that's not even an issue now.
0: I would say yes, because they're more readily available and I don't consider the consequences to be as immediate. So I will Uh, rely on that, the coping (laughs) substance uh, more readily than nicotine.
1: It's harm reduction, man. It's harm reduction.
0: It's exactly what it is. I always love the, um. it's a bit dated, just as Jerry Seinfeld is, but he had this, I always love this quote from Jerry Seinfeld, he says, all of life is just a matter of killing time. That's, that's, we're just here killing time. That's all all of us are doing. Yeah. Um, and so
1: Hopefully we're enjoying the killing of the time is all.
0: <laughs> if you need a Snickers bar to get you through killing the next five minutes or hour, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. At <laughs> least so it wasn't fentanyl, you know? <laughs>
1: Sounds like you're finally having fun again, though. And even with the shirt, I'll tell you, dude, I, I I, cannot get away from sugar. I tried, I've had my battles, raw, hard battles with alcohol. And I've, I think, for the most part, beaten them. But let me tell you, man, sugar, this is, it's brutal, man. It's, it's insidious. It's got its grip on me. And
0: we're um, Americans again coping you know i always think of sugar i think of uh, hummingbirds um and so like you know we give we give sugar and juice and kool-aid and shit to athletes who are about to go oh, we used to do this we now know it's not good practice but a lot of people still kind of do this and um it's just it's the lifestyle we're living there's no reason to beat yourself up or anything like it's, it's, it's the substance that you're using to get through your life yeah uh, and man americans it's we're surrounded by it like we're products of war and the fruits of and spoils that war Our sugar so here we are yeah.
1: well i even had my uh, cardiologist tell me too i had some heart troubles last year and in after everything kind of settled down he told me he's like yeah he's like use cannabis use edibles he's like go for it. he's like it's not going to hurt your heart and it's going to help you you know deal with the things that you need to deal with for your heart and i'm like oh shit and this is like a well-known cardiologist out of southern oregon here so i'm like okay well i'm gonna do that yeah doctor's <laughs> orders the doctor's orders harm reduction <laughs> so. yeah. well did i miss anything sir i've got you at two hours and i don't want to i don't want to waste your whole day but i've had a great conversation i don't want to miss anything not though much. not that
0: i can think of man yeah, projects going coming and we talked about those and yeah.
1: All right. Well, uh if that's it, then I, I guess I'll let you go. I appreciate uh you sitting down with me again. I these Yeah man. You you you've got it quite the you got quite the following. It was my
0: pleasure, you know, we'll we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Uh, hope that hopefully your show, you know, will get some success and get back on the the wagon here and yeah i am we'll working it on again, it yeah it again
1: soon. absolutely i'm working on it so uh I, I hopefully if we don't you know have three years of covid and fbi kicking down studio doors and shit <laughs> it will be good all right brother i really appreciate it have a good day all right, I bye you bye. Too.